what's going on everybody welcome to grinders live for basketball here today noon eastern uh mr Devin, 11 o'clock tennessee time and uh i'm brett divine and we're talking to the newly minted eighty-seven thousand five hundred dollar man uh john aka squirrel patrol uh congrats on your uh, nice live in quotation marks final uh appearance there uh and uh you know good lineup yesterday Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's two years in a row, top 10 in the DK NBA finals, and that, that pays really well. So, so yeah, it's great. You I couldn't just... win back-to-back like Raging Phillip? Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to be top 10 two years in a row. He's like, yeah, I'm going for a three-peat next year. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, you'll have to – I'm sure you'll be battling him out. He's always one of the your tough opponents when you play in those things, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, big congrats on that today. We're going to talk NBA for today. Uh, and we're going to, you know, I've been watching these shows in the first two games, right? You were, everything was up in the air. Hey, what were the rotations going to look like? Who was going to play minutes? And today I think we're going to really look back at what happened in the game ones and try to determine if the minutes are correct, if the projections are correct, if the rotations are going to be the same. Cause I think every game has some things that are going to be a little bit in flux, um, you know, like uh, some of the Brooklyn minutes. What's Denver going to do with their rotation? I think we can sort of try to hash this out throughout the show here. Yeah, this is great because I actually I kind of have my own opinions on this, so I'm I'm interested to hear what you think, and then we can kind of see where it overlaps. Yeah, so let's uh, let's sort of jump right into this. Uh, if you guys have any questions too, right? There's four games. It's a 50 minute show. We got time to kick it with you. Uh, interact with us in chat. I got an eye on over here. If you got any questions for me and John. Uh, as it relates to ownership, who's uh, playing. I'm not doing MME today. I know John will be. Maybe we can pick his brain on a couple guys. Uh, he's looking to be over under the field on. Uh, we can have some fun today. But I want to jump right into the first game of the slate here. Uh, we've got Brooklyn at Toronto. And I'm going to spend a lot of time on the game flow tool on Roto-Grinders today because, I don't know, it just lets me see what happened in the first game very easily. And we can see our, our you know, what actually happened when did guys get subbed in? Who did they get subbed in out for? Um, you know, were guys in foul trouble? Uh, you know, turnovers. There's a couple of those. You know, a guy who gets a couple three fouls quick and then turns it over in the first minute of the third quarter gets yanked. You'll see that in the Denver game when we get to it. But what are we doing here? And let, let's relate to Price. The first thing I want to go over, we'll start with the, the Brooklyn side here. And to me, you know, you can see all these guys. So if you, you scroll over here, Garrett Temple, you know, they, they basically all sat the final, I'm going to call it four minutes because the game turned into a blowout. And even though with a big spread, right, these, these projected blowout games really only turn into blowouts less than half the time. You know, sometimes they're a little bit closer and things like that. Are you projecting, you know, in your, you know, what you're doing today? Do you think this game's going to be a blowout or are you given Garrett Temple 38 minutes are you giving Karis Levert 39 minutes in your projections right now so yeah I don't think it's going to necessarily turn into a blowout um it, the, the spread is is clo- kind of closer than I would have thought um uh you know I guess 11 and a half um but I, I I think Brooklyn can can keep it closer than that um there were a couple minutes things that I thought were really interesting on the Brooklyn side and I I was actually looking at this exact page earlier today um I noticed it looks like TLC started the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he went in in place of Kuwerks and uh, Brooklyn actually outscored them 15 by 15 points in the third quarter. Yep. So I'm interested to see, and then, you know, Toronto came back in the fourth, but I'm interested to see maybe if TLC gets more playing time uh, just because that seemed to work well in the third quarter for them. 
Yeah, he could start. I mean, I think a lot of things are in flux, especially for a team like the Nets, right? There where nothing's really set in stone. They have nothing to play for. Why not try some things out? I don't think it's out of the question that maybe TLC gets a start or pretty much plays these 33 three minutes in Kuruks, who wasn't really doing too much. And it looks like when he was on the court, right? Yep, getting crushed, getting crushed when he's on the court. TLC's on the court. They start actually being able to contribute a little bit here. I think you might be onto something. Yeah, and I don't really think of TLC as a scorer, but it may he seems to be taking that role for them off the bench. I and I guess you know starting the third quarter. So I, he's someone I actually have some tournament interest in because I think you know I think they're going to be looking to him for bench points, and I think he might be a better NBA player than a lot of people think. Yeah, I also think too. If you think this game's going to be close, all these starters, you know, Joe Harris, thirty-three minutes. You tack on the extra four minutes, right? He's at thirty-seven minutes. Lavert's almost at forty minutes. Garrett Temple's almost at 40 minutes. If this game stays close, I would have expected these guys to close out the fourth quarter. I don't see any reason for these guys to, if it's close, you know, I'm basically projecting Garrett Temple to play 38 or 39 minutes. I think I'm projecting Karis LeVert to play 39 minutes today in a close game. Uh, I don't think our projections have that right now. So if you're in a believer that this game stays close, uh, a lot of these guys are going to project a lot better than anyone else using the Roto Grinders, uh, you know, projections right now. I, I think I think there's some room for these guys to almost all play 40 minutes. Today. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at what happened yesterday. I mean, I know it's an 11 and a half point spread, and that seems really wide. But you know, look at ha- what happened yesterday with Milwaukee and Orlando. I mean, Orlando beat them pretty handily, and, and they were I think a 12 or 13 point underdog. Yeah, that Milwaukee just didn't show up in Orlando. They they just sort of handed to him. Milwaukee, they didn't even play. They treated it like a regular season game, right? Like 34 minutes, 31 minutes, where all, all, all these good teams are, are throwing out their best players for 40 minutes a game. And that's the playoffs. And uh, I guess we can kind of go to the Toronto team here. I want to go over a couple things here. The first is Pascal Siakam. He got into a little bit of foul trouble. Only 31 minutes, a really good fantasy point-per-minute producer. Uh, I would expect him in a close game, right? He's going to fill in this gap and he's basically going to play the entire fourth quarter. You can see uh, Nick Nurse, he has no problem. Hey, Kyle Lowry, go play the whole fourth quarter. Serge Ibaka uh, and Marc Gasol, we can talk about that. Uh, I think all their starters in a close game are going to play the fourth quarter, which would basically give me 40 minutes on Siakam, basically 40 minutes across the board on all their starters, minus whatever happens between Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka. If it stays close, like, you can get 40 minutes from nine 30. I, w- I would say you're going to get 38 minutes or more from nine players in this game. Yeah, I think so. I am interested on the Toronto side to see what's going on with Marcus Gasol. Cause he really, he left in the middle of that third quarter and never mm-hmm. came back. That, and he was on that, my live final team that ended up doing well, but he was the, the weak link and he was the first player. Hey, Devin mute. <laughs> Uh, there we go like, what is he saying <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right uh but yeah so i'm in, I'm interested to see what happens with marcus socks he really left in that third quarter and didn't come back and it, it's possible that uh that toronto just thinks that serge Ibaka is a better matchup with mm-hmm. uh with Brooklyn. yeah I, I don't know if it's out of the question that like marcus i wouldn't play gasol you know if you're in lineup hq or you're making teams i wouldn't play gasol and Ibaka on the same team i think that's kicking yourself uh, below the belt there. But I think I think Gasol could play 30 minutes today. I think maybe not 30, but maybe Gasol gets the 28 minutes and Ibaka gets the 20 minutes. I think it's a pretty fluid situation. Uh, I don't have a particular read other than Serge was pretty good. And Marc Gasol, I think he was just playing well. He had two turnovers. 
And I think Nick Nurse was just like, hey, let's put in Serge Ibaka. I don't need Marcus Gasol turning the ball over while the Nets are scoring some points when TLC was sort of going on his run. I think maybe that's what happened. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a little fluid what happens with those two teams. Yeah, I do. I, I think there's a possibility that TLC gets more run in place of Kubrick's. I think it's a little bit of a smaller lineup, and I think it's possible that Nick Nurse counters that by playing a little bit more Serge Ibaka. So I'm a little wary on Mark Gasol, but I mean, part of that could be just my own mental thing because he kind of, it looked like he was going to screw me <laughs> in the live final. So, um, so I'm a little bit down on Gasol right now, but I mean, it, there is, there's a theory, maybe TLC and Ibaka both get a little bit more playing time than Kubrick's and Gasol. All right, so let's talk some of these guys for DFS today. Who are we using? We got Lowry on FanDuel. I think he projects as one of the highest-owned players on the entire slate of point guard. There's really only like three or four point guards on FanDuel I'm all too interested in. Uh, he's 8K in a close game, right? You, you basically have to give him 39 to 40 minutes, I think, is a, a reasonable exp- you know, expectation. We're at 37. I mean, I have no problem bumping him to 38 or 39 minutes, which would even give you more of him on lineup HQ builds. Uh, we saw um, a couple of their other players have some good games, too. We saw Fred Van Vliet have himself quite the game, too. Who do you prefer between those two in the backcourt? Are you okay using them both in the same lineup? How are you approaching that? I am okay using them both in the same lineup. I kind of prefer Lowry. I like Lowry a little bit more on FanDuel just because the positions are a little bit more structured. Um but I, I, I like Lowry, Lowry more than Van Lee. <clears throat> yeah, Lowry, too, if you go look at the game flow, he had a full shift basically in the third quarter where he scored absolutely zero fantasy points, right? That's not a typical Kyle Lowry game. So he's got, you know, he, he, can, he can be the one going for 50 fantasy points today, not Fred Van Vliet. So I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, I like Van Vliet as well. Uh, we already mentioned Serge, Marcus Gasol. I think either one of them has the ability to play the higher end of the minutes today. I think it's going to be fluid pretty much flew out throughout the series. That's, that's my personal take on it. The other guys, right. OGN and newbie um, Norman Powell. These are sort of the other rotation players. How are you mixing them in? I know our DraftKings uh, optimal. I think it had Ananubi in it the last time I was looking at it. Not someone I think has a ton of upside, right. When you have all the other star players playing 40 minutes, you know, what, what are you doing with him today? So he was in the optimal for DraftKings or for FanDuel? I think on DraftKings. I mean, I'll, okay. I, mean, I, I like it. him. I like him more on FanDuel because he's a big steals guy. So he's, he's not in there anymore. On okay. Um, yeah, it, it would surprise me a little. I mean, it's possible an early run had him in or something. But I think I like I like him a little bit more on FanDuel because he fills the small forward position, which can be hard to fill. And then – uh, he gets three points per steals, whereas he only gets two on DraftKings. So I kind of like uh, OG a little bit more on, on FanDuel. All right. And then the Brooklyn guys, how are we handling them? Right. You know, we've got Karis LeVert, a great fantasy point per minute player. They sort of stifled him, but all that, then it just led to a bajillion assists for him in the last game. So I think he has multiple ways to get their points, assists, and he should just – I think I would project him for the most minutes of any net – in a close game, probably like 38 to 39 minutes, in my opinion, today. Uh, I think he's a pretty solid uh, low-owned play today. You know, I'm looking at the ownership, 15% on FanDuel. I go over to DraftKings. He's sitting there sub-20% on a four-game slate to get these players capable of going for 50-plus fantasy points at low ownership. That sounds like something you might want to have interest in. Yeah, so I'm I'm more interested in him on DraftKings than on FanDuel because I think on FanDuel 
you know, you, you're, you don't get the extra guard spot, the utility spot. Uh, and it's hard, like he's priced, I think more than Donovan Mitchell on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't necessarily like Levert there, but on DraftKings, I, I agree. I think he's a lower, going to be a lower owned guy that has more upside. Uh, and so, yeah, I like, I like Levert on FanDuel. Yeah, I like Harris on DraftKings with the three-point bonus. Are you on board with that? He's sitting at 5,000. And to get someone who's going to play 37 minutes in a close game that can bomb threes seems like a good person to pick if Karis LeVert's going to get shut down offensively. That leaves Harris wide open for some threes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like his price on on DraftKings. I like the multi-position eligibility, shooting guard or, or small forward. And, yeah, the three-point bonus, he's getting the uh, – the extra half point there. Yeah. And then a couple other guys, uh, real quick, Jared Allen, basically at, at no ownership on DraftKings or uh fan duel. Uh, let me make sure he's not really garnering much. Yeah. But sub 10% ownership on a four game slate. Uh, another one, right? He played 34 minutes, a close game that should equate to about 38 minutes. In my opinion, low owner. Like, do you, you always want to mix in, I think on these four game slates, or, you know, you're trying to win these really large field contests a couple of guys that are sub 10, 12% owned into your lineups. I mean, Jared Allen sounds like someone that fits that build. I think he'll be less than 10% owned. But I don't know how interested I am. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, I see a guy who's like a fantasy point per minute. You pencil, I mean, you pencil guys in for, you know, that that's not even really accounting for his upside at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. I think, I think if Gasol is starting, which I expect, it's a tough matchup for Jared Allen because Gasol has got so much size. And then, Jared Allen, I think it's just center eligible on both sides. You know, obviously mm-hmm. on FanDuel, but also on DraftKings. <clears throat> so you're there's an opportunity cost, right? If you take Jared Allen, and you know you can't take Embiid and Porzingis uh, and Jared Allen. Uh, so, yeah, so a little bit less. Like of the guys we've mentioned on Brooklyn, I think he's the one I'm least interested in. And then Kuruks, right? He started last game. One, I'm not sure if he actually starts. And two, I'm also concerned that the TLC thing sort of rears its head again today. I have basically, if you're not playing, you know, 30 plus minutes on this four game slate, guaranteed, I, I basically have no interest in you today. Yeah, I agree. And I think he was in foul trouble last game. So maybe that played into it. Maybe he still does start. But yeah, I think he's the riskiest. And it just he doesn't strike me as a high upside player. Yeah, he had four fouls. Maybe that led into TLC, right? A little bit there. They didn't want to play him at the first, and TLC got hot, and he just really never saw the floor again because TLC was playing good. So keep an eye on that. Uh, I think that about wraps up this game. If I favorite play overall from you on this game, each site. Each site. Let's see. Um, FanDuel probably Kyle Lowry, uh, and then DraftKings. Uh, probably Joe Harris. How, how much Kyle Lowry are you going to have on fan? We haven't projected at 60% right now. You're going 60%. That? So you could be one of your 80% guys? Probably not that high. Probably not 80%, um, but I'll probably I'll probably have a good chunk of them. There really just aren't that many good uh, point guards on FanDuel. Yeah, there's, th- so. there's maybe three, and then you can stretch it to some of the cheap guys, but I don't know if I'd go that one in FanDuel. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next game. Uh, we got Utah and Denver, and this is a – Really interesting game. We've got the recency bias of Utah, and we've got a Denver rotation that I think who knows what the hell can happen on some of these guys on the Denver rotation. So I want to focus there first and basically use – I'm sure you were looking at this page trying to figure out what the hell happened between the second half and overtime with some of these guys because we'll just start at the top here. Torrey Craig starts. 
has a, a couple three fouls here in the second quarter, has a turnover immediately to start the second half and basically gets benched in favor of Jeremy Grant, which led Jeremy Grant to get a bunch of run. And then Grant also ends up starting in overtime. You also have PJ Dozier somehow play is, is the guy they want to play in overtime. Uh, a little confusing to me out of nowhere on that one. I guess I can't read too much into the overtime minutes, but I think the minutes at least for, you know, in a regulation game are, are probably an uptick maybe for Torrey Craig. I think maybe a little bit of a downtick for Jeremy Grant. And then you had Michael Porter who couldn't stop anybody defensively. He sort of gets sit, doesn't play overtime. If he's shooting well and can even stop someone once in a while, right, his minutes are going to go back up into the 35 to 40 minute range. So I think there's a lot to decipher here on this, this Denver team. There is. And so I put this in the expert survey, just this game as a whole. It's interesting because I do it. I keep hearing from a bunch of people like, oh, recency bias. Everyone's going to be on that Denver Utah game. I, I don't want to you know have any part of it. I don't know about that because I think there's probably more people avoiding the game because of recency bias and there are people loading up on it because it had a really high score. What's, what uh, takes more is all the, the tout sites saying recency bias, or is it Joe down the street mashing buttons on the DraftKings app? Right. <laughs> there is, there's a weird thing with these two teams because they both play at a high altitude in their regular home court. And they're both really good defensive teams regularly, but Denver was one of the worst defensive teams in Orlando in the bubble. And we're, you know, and we're still in the bubble. So is there something about playing at sea level that's making these teams higher paced? You know, they don't have kind of the high altitude defensive advantage. I don't know. Like this game could end up being higher scoring naturally. I mean, I put up 230 points in regulation on Monday. So we'll see. It wasn't all overtime. Yeah, um, I like what, what's your uh, analysis on sort of the rotation here? Is there something, yeah. if you could pull one thing out of the rotation that you're sort of really keying in on today, what is it? So I think I think you probably covered it pretty well. I, I do think like PJ PJ Dozier got some play in overtime, maybe a little bit more in the fourth quarter than I would have expected, uh, just because he's, you know they wanted an extra ball handler on the court. Uh, I do think you know those minutes could go back to Michael Porter Jr. And so he's not someone that I'm looking at like in cash games or like a, an optimal play. But I do. I mean, we know he has really high upside, and so he could be totally you know underowned because he put up a bad first game. Yeah, I do like uh, Michael Porter Jr. You know, if the def- if he's able to play just a, sh- a shred of defense today, he's going to bounce right back to that 35-minute uh, total today. And that's sort of limited uh, in the coach's eyes a little bit. Uh, we saw Monte Morris, too. He he had 29, so that was about 24. What What's like, like a, a guy playing 24 minutes today? Does that really get on your radar? To me, to me it's like like a one in 150. I know you'll throw that out there every once in a yeah. while, but, but, but I don't know. Probably not doing it for me. I mean, he, he is a regular part of their rotation, um, but yeah, it's yeah, he's not someone I'm, I'm hugely interested in. Uh, he is he's cheap on Fanduel, I guess, cheap on both sites. But you know, there's an opportunity cost with every roster spot, and I I, I kind of regret if he's only seeing pretty limited time. He's not a huge scorer. What can he really do with those 24 minutes? That's going to justify a roster spot in you know, kind of a playoff environment where so many guys are getting like 38, 40 minutes. Yeah, and uh, I want to, like, Jokic or Embiid today? This is, like, the question, right? They're the same price on FanDuel. Uh, Jokic, you know, if you listen to the morning grind, uh, Carl Lucci was on there. Uh, you know, y- playoff Jokic is not regular season Jokic. Playoff Jokic plays almost 40 minutes, you know, in a, in a regulation and things like that. 
Uh, you got Embiid, too, whose per minutes are great, and his minutes are skyrocketing. How do you break the tie? I think, you know, on DraftKings, you can play both of them if you want. It might not be the smartest idea to do. You, you know, you can actually get both of them and play Luka, and there's enough, like, 3 to 4K guys on DraftKings to really make some ultra-high upside lineups if you want to do that. How, how are you breaking the tie between those two? I have Embiid projected higher, so I'm probably going to be leaning more towards Embiid. Uh, but I agree. I, it's something weird about this matchup with Utah because, you know, Rudy Gobert is a really good defensive player, but Jokic just seems to eat him up over and over again. Is there something about, like, Jokic's skill set, which is kind of a unique skill set for an NBA player, that Gobert just doesn't handle well? I don't know. I mean, I, I think Jokic is a great tournament option. I, mean, I, I saw in the expert survey as I was filling it out, like, Everyone liked Embiid as their top cash play, and then Jokic was getting a lot of consideration for tournaments. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think they're probably going to be about equally owned. Uh, it's really tough. Like, I like Embiid, but, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a lot of Jokic as well. Yeah, we've got Embiid 4-3 to three on 40-30 to 30 on FanDuel. We've got Embiid uh, – Slight edge on DraftKings, even at a look, you know, the price is uh, just a smidge higher on DraftKings compared to Jokic. So the, the gap isn't as big there, but currently it looks like Embiid, uh, a, a very slight ownership uh, advantage over Jokic. Well, I don't know if it's an advantage or a disadvantage when you're talking higher. Um, so that's some analysis. I, I think the key takeaway from this is maybe Tory Craig gets you know, if he gets his third quarter run, right, literally his three fouls gets benched and then literally immediately a turnover and gets yanked. I think he probably bumps back up in minutes a little bit, in my opinion. And that looks like a guy like Jeremy Grant maybe sees maybe 30 minutes today or something like that. So that that's how I'm projecting uh, Torrey Craig. So if you like him, I think he probably gets a little bit bump in minutes compared to the first game. Uh, if we go over to Utah, you know, it's, pretty obvious who you want to play here without Mike Conley, right? You're going to have Donovan Mitchell. Uh, You know, it takes a historic game from him for them to really stay in that first game. And then they still lose the game to begin with. Let's talk about him and his ownership because on FanDuel, actually let me just bring up all of Utah on lineup HQ. We're projecting Donovan Mitchell for basically no ownership currently on FanDuel at 10%. And on DraftKings, we're projecting Donovan Mitchell for 14 and a half percent so the the recency bias people they they are not in the ownership projections here they they do not know anything about that Uh, and he's got a real high he's 9200 on DraftKings. that's a a little bit of a tough sell compared to the 8200 over on fan yeah so uh, i'm probably going to try to be a little bit over on the, the ownership projections on donovan mitchell but i mean 9200 is a tough price tag like you know that's like that's almost Embiid territory, right? Like, I, you know, if you're if you're sitting there and you're trying to decide, like, you know, which um, like who's going to get the utility spot, I don't know. Like, I, I don't see that Donovan Mitchell can have that repeat performance. I think some of that could go like Joe Ingles or or Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of what we're expecting, but it's tough. I mean, yeah, I mean Mitchell had a you know absurd game. <laughs> you know, the, that it was the game. third most points scored in a playoff game in NBA history. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. It, it was difficult difficult to win a tournament without Donovan Mitchell in your lineup. So it was impossible uh, <laughs> to yeah, win a possible. tournament. Yeah, without I, him. I was thinking of the live final where it was two days, uh, and the, I think the winner actually didn't have him. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, the thing is, like, if you are multi-entering, you know, if he's projected at nine percent ownership, 
you can have him at 10% and you're over the field and it's still, you know, if he, if he has a dud, then you're still live with 90% of your entries. So um, I'll probably aim to be a little bit over the field, but not, not by a huge amount. Yeah, Mitchell, and, Mitchell was why Porter got that. She was just destroying them every time they did a little switch or things like that. So, uh, and also for, he had people in chat want to know his usage, 42.59% usage uh, in one, let's see, one, in one game this year was his usage higher than that. So yeah. pretty hard to expect that sort of usage again from him in this game. You know, even if you give him like a high 30s, that's uh, even a mid 30s is a, is a pretty high usage for him. Yeah, and you, you have to expect that Denver is going to make some kind of adjustment to try to contain him and that then maybe some of that flows to the other players on Utah. Um, yeah, so uh, I think Mitchell – Mitchell at low ownership. I don't know on DraftKings on FanDuel. What's what's the switch? It's him or him or Paul George today. I think is, is the the swap at at shooting guard, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. So yeah, uh, George is eighty one and Mitchell is eighty two. I think everyone's going to be going to Paul George today. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so I think I like him on FanDuel at sub ten percent ownership over there. That looks pretty juicy to me. So I like yeah. that. The rest of the jazz you mentioned, uh, I think we got to talk about them. I think you know what you're getting with Rudy Gobert. You mentioned that uh you know Jokic sort of has his way with them. If you want thirty five, you know, thirty to thirty five fantasy points on your site of choice today, you can probably take Gobert. I think there are games where he has some upside. Um, I don't know if this is the absolute best game for him in that particular matchup. I think you know, you, you know what you're getting with him, but a guy like Joe Ingles, he's going to do a lot of ball handling today. Didn't really do too much in the overtime. You know, he's going to play 38 minutes in a close game. And we saw Royce O'Neal. He basically, uh, I think got into a little bit of foul trouble, which limited his minutes and basically uh, zero burger for the entire uh, second half slash overtime, 1.2 fantasy points uh, after the second half. That's going to see an uptick. If the people that used them last time, move away from him uh, I, I think he's in store for a reasonable bounce back game I think so and he's cheap he doesn't kill you even if you know even if he puts up another dud but I yeah I think Denver's got to adjust but you know they're gonna have to try to contain Donovan Mitchell and so that I think that puts Joe Ingles who had a good first game and uh, Royce O'Neal into play a little bit more O'Neal O'Neal was actually playing you know, fairly well he just yeah he ran into foul trouble um, and so then it was, you know, he was coming in, he was being very, very cautious on the defensive end. And, and finally they just kind of subbed him out. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was being cautious in the offensive end as well. I mean, he's not a huge upside player, but he's not priced very high either. So. Yeah. Would you play, let me, so what is he, uh, I'm going to pull up DraftKings here real quick. So he's 3,700 on DraftKings at small forward slash power forward. I'm going to see what else is sort of in that price range down there. And we're going to play a what if. Do you want to play Royce or uh, Maxi Kleber was drawing a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of talk earlier in the day. His ownership is really high today. Who you got between those two? It's interesting because like Porzingis is questionable. So Kleber could. I'm guessing Porzingis plays, but you, you, again, you don't really know. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing, I'm guessing he plays as well. I, I, because he didn't look limited last game he got ejected you know um so i mean we'll get there but i, I think that might be driving some of the ownership interest in cleaver i'd probably take o'neill over cleaver um, I'm, I'm not in love with cleaver today at all i don't understand i, I mean i get it because the price is low and you want to jam in the studs but i think i would 
take Royce O'Neal over him at the same price. I think Royce is much safer minutes than a, a guy like Maxi Cleaver today. Yeah, I agree. And we don't really know what'll happen. Like I don't I think Porzingis is gonna play. I think he's fine. Um, but yeah, they could start like Seth Terry, um, like they could start Boban, so we don't really know. And I, I think I think the possibility of Porzingis missing is playing a little bit into the projection for Cleaver. Uh, so yeah, I'm not I, I like Royce O'Neal better at the price. All right, give me what you think you're going to do with Jordan Clarkson. He's basically the final guy on Utah. We've got to talk about how are you handling him today. So I like him. I mean, he's he's still a good value, I think. There's a 4,700 on on DraftKings. Um, you know that fills you know fills a guard spot, but I, I'm comfortable with that because we really should see you know the good minutes um, and and good usage with Conley not playing. He's he's in half the lineups on DraftKings today. You you over that? Uh, uh, <laughs> at half the half the lineups, um, I'm probably under it a little bit. But I mean, it's going to be tough, right? You need to save salary somewhere. He's a high upside guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you get down to like, like you've got a guard spot about 4,700 left, he's a really good option. He looks he looks pretty good there. Yeah, that's why <laughs> that's why he's going to be in about half the lineups. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of tough to get away from him at that price. Uh, there is a pivot I like, um, which is Alec Burks, but um, Clarkson's probably a little safer. All right, let's go to the next game. Uh, we've got Philadelphia at Boston, and this game's going to be a little different. Let's start on the Boston side because we got Gordon Hayward out, which is 34 and a half minutes out of the starting lineup for Boston today. Uh, I think what I think is going to happen – I would expect Marcus Smart to start. Am I? Are we in agreement on that? I think so. Yeah. And then the bench guys. I guess I just want to handle this off the top. Uh, I'm not really on any of the other bench guys. I think Smart just plays a couple of minutes, and then all of the rest of the bench guys maybe play like two or three more minutes each, and it really doesn't contribute to any of those. So I'm really just factoring in Marcus Smart a little bit more, and not really looking at too many of the be- bench options and. Uh, it seems like you're on that same page. Yeah, exactly. I to summarize in a sentence, I think Smart's going to get the start, and I think Tatum's going to get the usage increase. Mm-hmm. Yep, that can see. So I've got Boston's usage. Hey, look at all this cool stuff we got here in Roto Grinder. So I actually pulled this up. Uh, we've got a pretty large sample with Hayward off the floor this year. In terms of fantasy points, it's Kemba Walker two fantasy points more per 36. In terms of usage, it's Jason Tatum with almost 3% more usage. Uh, this is on a court IQ, if you wanted to look at that. Uh, so let's talk about them. You mentioned Tatum getting the usage, and we've got uh, Kemba getting the fantasy points. I mean, I, I like fantasy points. We are we are trying to score <laughs> right. fantasy points, uh, and, right. and I do like Tatum. Tatum basically showed he is, he is the guy for Boston, I think, in that first game. I'm expecting that to continue as well. We got Kemba. He played 35 minutes. I think that maybe even ticks up a little bit if the game's close, maybe not too many more. But the the overall fantasy production as he starts working his way back, he's still cheap, right? I think mm. I think Kemba looks really good today. But, yeah, I like Kemba, especially on FanDuel. Uh, the point guard position is pretty weak, uh, but I like him on both sides. Um, there is there's more of an opportunity cost on DraftKings because there's so many good guards. Um, but yeah, I like Kemba on both sides. Yeah, and then Tatum. Tatum came in. I think it was like 15, 10, something like that percent owned, and just a monster. Barely comes out of the game. Forty-one minutes. Uh, I think 
like I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to play over 40 minutes in, in, in this playoff run here, especially with Gordon Hayward out. He gets the usage. Usage is always good. It leads to more points in the basket, which is the easiest way to score fantasy points overall. Uh, you you got to like him today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Tatum is one of the, the main plays on today's slate. But I think he's he really he's become the guy for Boston. It, it's in the playoffs. He's going to play a ton of minutes. He can do a lot with them. Hayward's out. I mean, it's a great spot for him. Looking at his ownership really quick on both sites, Tatum. Uh, what if I told you he's 16% owned on DraftKings? He has 9K, right? So just a little bit more. You get one of the centers or something like that in your utility to jam in. A little more, you get Luka. FanDuel, just 22%. You got to roster two power forwards on FanDuel. And if your lineup looks like what the optimal does, right, everyone's spending down at power forward today, I think, on FanDuel. So that looks like a really great leverage spot, chucking him in over on FanDuel today. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have, I'm going to be over that ownership <laughs> percentage. I'm surprised, a little surprised that's that's so low, but you know, I guess I still have to get into a little bit of the roster construction, but I would expect that I'm going to end up over that ownership percentage. Yeah, let me refresh and make sure that is actually. I know it changes behind the scenes during the shows and sometime, but yeah, that looks like it's accurate as of right now. So if he's 22% owned, um, hey, that looks like a good leverage spot to me, specifically on FanDuel. Uh, the other guys, Marcus Smart, right? I think he's just fine for his price. Uh, can get the, you know, if he has one of the, the blocks and steals games, gives you a little bit of upside, but uh, he should definitely outperform what he did in the first game, in my opinion. Generally plays a little bit better when he's in the starting lineup, but then there's always the, I, I guess we got to find the Alan Lum flow chart, right? And we got to, we got to find that. Is, is Marcus yeah. Smart high owned? Don't use him, right? One of those. I sh- we should go retweet those, but uh, I like him. I think he projects well. He's 5,600 on FanDuel. He's reasonably priced on DraftKings. And if you're not, if you're not jamming in three 9K-plus players on DraftKings, he sort of fits that little mid-tier build every now and then. Yeah, he's tough. He, he's such a frustrating player. because I mean, he's a, he's primarily a kind of defensive stopper, so like there's times when he just focuses on defense and really doesn't play a huge role in the offense. Like last game, you know, he was 32 minutes, and he really didn't put up much of anything. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I prefer Tatum. You know, obviously, Tatum's much more expensive. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of prefer Tatum and then trying to save somewhere else. I mean, I'll, I'll have some Marcus Smart lineups, but uh, there's a little bit of an opportunity cost on, on FanDuel because you're, you're losing a couple of shooting guards that I like. Um, and then, yeah, like DraftKings, I mean, I'll, I'll fit him in when he's the, the piece that, you know, where I have that much salary left. But, um, God, he can be frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So I think rank, rank your Celtics in preference of order of using them today. Tatum's Tatum one, Kemba two, um, and then Marcus Smart. Yeah, I think it's one A, one B, Tatum and Kemba for me. I think both of those are really good plays. Uh, if you want ownership, you can go to Jalen Brown. No one's really going to be on him today. I don't think he's not the the sexy name. Uh, I think he has some upside. You can mix in some Smart. I'm not I'm not really playing the Wana makers. I'm not playing any of the centers. Tice. I don't know. Not really the guy I'm interested yeah. in today. So between those four, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, I do, Philadelphia. So I just think Jalen's a little banged up. Like I think he hurt his ankle, um, and it looked like he, like he's going to play, but mm-hmm. he, it might still be hurting him. Yeah, I'm expecting these guys. They get the the good injections before yeah. the game. I'm they get the good stuff. To, I'm expecting <laughs> them to play just fine. Uh, all right, moving on over to Philadelphia. Uh, you mentioned Alec Burks, but let's talk. You know the the stars here first is Joel Embiid and you know played 38 minutes. If 
you know, Joel Embiid played 38 minutes in the regular season. What is he, a $11,000 player on DraftKings? You know, right. something, you know, 10.5 to 11,000 on FanDuel. And he's sitting here at under 10,000 on DraftKings. And he's uh, seeing 9,300 with Jokic. You already said you prefer Embiid. I think that's probably the take most people have today because when the minutes are there, he's just such a good per minute producer. And he actually sort of underperformed in this first game as well and still had 50 fantasy points. I think I prefer him as well in cash uh, on FanDuel. Definitely. I think I'm going to play Embiid on DraftKings. If you have the extra $200, I think you go to Embiid over Jokic. And I think Jokic is a a fine consolation prize because you get the playoff Jokic minutes of 37 plus is great too. Do you, do you see any reason to not really want to play a lot of Embiid today? No. I mean, I, yeah, I think he's a monster. And so I think he's, he's one of the highest upside players on the slate. Uh, what are we doing with the rest of the game? I want to go over a couple of things here. So we had Matisse Thibel, uh didn't start, but then he ends up in the closing lineup in, you know, in favor of guys like Shake Milton and Al Horford. Uh, and then Alec Burks also closes basically instead of those two. Guess the closing lineup today. I, I don't know if we really know. Thibel's out there to play some defense. Uh, I understand, you know, playing him, you know, they could just, you know, hey, let's just get the ball to Joel Embiid and Thibel, you're in there for defense instead of guys like having Horford out there today. How do you see this closing lineup playing out with Shake and Horford? And then we have Burks and Thibel, sort of the, the bench guys that ended up getting the run at the end of the game yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be the same. Um, and so actually, I'm, I'm interested in the, the Philadelphia bench players. I like both Burks and Tybal. Uh, I Tybal, I think no player. I, I haven't studied this, but I, I I feel like no player has a higher percentage of his points come from blocks and steals than mm-hmm. than Tybal. Uh, so I'm really interested in, in him on Fanduel because he's a really cheap small forward. And like, yeah, he gets like three, four blocks and steals. Like that's He's making value almost off of just those. Uh, and then Alec Burks, you know, he's a scorer. He's a gunner, comes in off the bench. Um, and with this condensed rotation, I mean, he's he's playing big big enough minutes that if he gets like a fantasy point per minute, he, you know, he's still low-priced. And I don't think people are really going to be on him because he's coming off the bench. Yeah, you had a, thir- you had a 30% usage in the, the first game there, which is really high if you guys don't follow usage numbers. So if that was to continue, I think Burks and – like Burks – is you know i think uh i didn't wasn't on a show but he was like the clarkson swerve and he's still a clarkson swerve uh, you know in my opinion if you're trying to get off that ownership i think so and i think he's like he's getting some benefit from ben simmons being out uh where you know i think Embiid's getting a lot of the usage bump but i think uh you know that could help explain the closing lineup a little bit more where if they have you know previously if they have ben simmons that's another paul handler in the closing lineup and now they need Alec Burks out there because simmons is uh, I see someone in chat. Tobias Harris safe for 35 to 40 floor today. I, I say yes, he's going to play 39 minutes in a close game. He's got some upside in there too, right? Don't feel like, you know, he's very safe, but every once in a while he busts out for those big games. You know, what's your, what's your like if Harris lands on my lineup, I'm, I'm certainly okay with that today. Yeah, I don't see any reason but that I would avoid him. Um, yeah, I think he's, yeah, he is. I think he's a good safe play and he does. He has some upside. I mean, it's the playoffs, so kind of everyone has some upside. Like he's not, Tobias Harris isn't someone that's like projecting into my optimal lineup, but I'll I'll definitely have some of him in tournaments because he's he's right there. 
Yeah, and then we had Josh Richardson, who really had a, a bad bubble except for maybe one game. He bumps up to 38 minutes. I like to see that. Uh, where does he land in terms of what you're doing today? Just the 5,100 on DraftKings, the 49 on FanDuel, it's like no man's land of really where you want to use players today. It is, and it's tough. Cause I, I just I never see Josh Richardson kind of put up those monster games that uh, – you know, yeah, I feel like he's going to put up another 25 points at about 5,000 on those sites. And that's like, that's not enough to really get me interested. I mean, it, like, I'll, I guess if I had 5,000 left, I'd consider him if it kind of correlates well with the rest of the lineup. Um, but like, I'm not hugely interested in him. And a guy like uh, Shake, Shake Milton, uh, again, I'm not doing GPPs today. Uh, I'm on the show, too much stuff going on for me. But, uh, like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd play any Shake Milton today. Where, where do you stand on him? It's tough because he's, he's a rookie. Um, I like him a little bit on FanDuel. Cause it, like if you, if you're trying to save money, um, like, like point guard's a weak position on FanDuel. Yeah. Today. Um, so I could see putting some shake. You want, in there. You want him or him or Beverly for your chief point guard? Yeah, it's tough. I'll, I'll probably split it in tournaments. Um, like I don't, I'm not predicting a monster game from Shake Milton. But he's he's super cheap. Um, yeah, just let you do other that that gets you your spend up to a guy like Jason Tatum at power forward. Bill. Yeah, exactly. All right, and hey, maybe there's a little bit of correlation on that as well. All right, final game of the night. Let's start on Dallas. Porzingis uh, questionable. I'm expecting him to play. He got ejected in the first game for uh, didn't really make any sense to me. I watched the, the, the what he got called for in a in an opening series. Right, that seems pretty ludicrous that he got ejected. <laughs> I'm 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 expecting him to to basically play. Uh, we see Maxi Kleber is drawing a ton of ownership right now. I, I'm not thrilled with that. I don't love him. I think a lot of his run was you know obviously due to Porzingis probably being out as well. We've got you know if you have the money for Luca, go and play Luca. Seems extremely safe for the that 50 to to 60 range and can obviously pop off for more. Um, I guess let's talk. How are you handling Perzingis? Uh, very tough to use on on FanDuel. Uh, you can you basically uh, there, there's nothing to really swap to. If you get news that he's out, you got to save yourself money to get to Tatum, or you're just taking a, a big L on some salary somewhere. Yeah. On, on DraftKings, you can throw him in your utility, and you know you got well, I think uh, Paul George you can swap to or something like that. But how are you? I'm expecting him to play. I'm expecting him to not get ejected and I'm expecting him to, to post some pretty good fantasy numbers when he's in there. Yeah. I really like him as a tournament option. I think the questionable designation is going to throw people off. So if you're willing to sit there and wait for the news and, and you know, late swap as, as required, then I think he's a really good play. Uh, it's, we get some benefit because Jason Tatum is the second to last game of the night. So let's say news comes out you know, after lock, put before six, or I got the potential swap you can do on FanDuel. Um, but it, and then DraftKings, you do have the benefit of uh, swapping to Paul George. Like put Porzingis in the utility spot, and then uh, Paul George is, you know, just um, just as good of a player or, or, you know, projected just about as high mm-hmm. uh, at just about the salary. Um, uh, someone in chat, Porzingis or Tatum, I would agree. I, Tatum for sure, but it's, it's very interesting to use Porzingis in tournaments. Yeah, I I agree. I and I think Jason Tatum is probably the cash game play because we know he's going to play. Um, and yeah, they're about the same salary. So like Fanduel, yeah, they're about the same salary, same position, uh, about the same projection. 
So I think cash games, like you, I probably lean strongly towards Jason Tatum just because there's no injury question whatsoever. It's a, it's a weird injury designation because like why would they just throw him on there at the questionable? And I think it was even like a, a questionable game time decision. It makes me a little nervous. I just I don't understand it at all. See, he didn't look limited at all last game. He got ejected. So, um, but yeah, I, I think if you're using him, you have to be able to late swap and, and know what your late swap strategy is going to be. Uh, so looking at Cleaver, played four, five, six, seven, I don't know, 13 minutes in the first half. Maybe you give him about 26 minutes if that was to continue something like that. And, uh, you know, he's just rocketing up the ownership. And maybe it's come down a little bit. He's he's 45% on DraftKings, and he's 42 Oh, let me see here. Maybe he went down. All right, so he's come down on FanDuel quite a bit. But he's like he's 3,600, and I get it because it allows you to min-max, and he's in there. But I don't know. We got him at 27 minutes. Maybe that, maybe that's all right. I don't know. I guess I'm just down on Cleaver. I have, like, no usage in this game either. Yeah, that that's what kind of bothered me as well. I mean, I, yeah, I guess the concern is that like he could start, and, like, if Porzingis is out, he gets a big bump. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, we both kind of think Porzingis is going to play. So, <laughs> so and I, I, I do question. I think sometimes the ownership percentages and projections are factoring in a guy being questionable, and that he, you know, you know there's a twenty percent chance Porzingis misses the game. So we're going to give Cleaver like a twenty percent usage bump. You know, like where he's going to get some bump in the projections, and I feel like that could that could be affecting the ownership projections. I'm not sure. Uh, the peripheral guys, so like Luca, where, where's your stand on him? You over, you want you want a lot of Luca, you want what the field has, you want under Luca today. He's the the highest priced player by far. I do, I, I do want Luca. Um, I, I'm probably going to aim to be over over the field on him. I mean, he's always a triple double threat. Uh, so, you know, and so on DraftKings, that's significant. So three and a three point bonus, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to aim to be over the field. It's just top. Where do you find the value? with playoff minutes. Yeah. You can make him and then like two other, you can, you can play Luca, uh, Jokic and Embiid pretty easily. You can mix and Tatum into one of those two. Cause there's that plethora of the three to 4,700 Jordan Clarkson plays that really allow you to, to, to jam those and make some fun lineups for ultimate upside. If, if you like doing that sort of thing today, the, the Timmy Hardaway jr. The uh, Dorian Finney Smith's, uh, I guess DFS is just priced low enough, you know, 4,300. Uh, drawn a little bit of ownership. Not thrilled to use him, maybe more on DraftKings than on FanDuel. And, and Hardaway Jr., I just, if Porzingis is out, right, the usage has to go somewhere. But I'm expecting Porzingis to play, so I'm a little bit lower on sort of the peripheral pieces. Yeah, I mean, playoffs, you know, teams are, are trying to run the ball to their best players, right? So like, if they're both healthy, like Luca and Porzingis are going to be, you know, are going to be eating up a huge chunk of the usage. You know, we saw last game with Porzingis getting ejected, then, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. ended up having a pretty good game because suddenly some of that's crippling down to him, you know, instead of Porzingis. So, yeah, I mean, if Porzingis is out, then I'm, I'm very interested in, in Tim Hardaway Jr. But otherwise, um, he's just kind of a peripheral piece. All right, we'll close it out with the Clippers analysis for you here. First, we've got Kawhi. 
Leonard. Uh, there's no baby in Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. It's playoff time. These guys are sort of penciled in for 38 minutes, in my opinion. I really, you know, maybe even a little bit more uh, in some cases. I think they're both amazing plays. We saw Kawhi put up a massive stat line. Paul George is a little bit too cheap, I think, on both sides for his ability to post big games. Uh, I don't. I don't really see how you can argue against me on this one. Correct? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and so Kawhi, you know, really interested in he's being a small forward uh, on FanDuel. So that that's a hard position to fill. And yeah. so you, if you can fill it with a, a guy that's you know seeing so much of the offense run through him, um, that's that's always appealing. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested in Kawhi first, I think, and then Paul George. Uh, and some of that is just positionally as well. Um, yeah, All right, a couple quiet. of the secondary pieces. Let's hash out the centers between these two. So we've got Montrez Harrell, who's back. He played 15 minutes, and we saw Zubak play 22 minutes. If Zubak always projects pretty well on a per-minute basis, the problem is I would like him to play like 27 minutes, not 22 minutes. And with Harrell back, I think it's just going to eat into some of them. I don't I'd much rather play Zubak. There's a chance Harrell starts getting more run too. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of out on both of them today. I agree. Um, yeah, Harrell's going to come back at some point and play major minutes, and it's going to surprise everyone. But I, I get the feeling it's not going to be tonight because it's only his second game back. It's only two days rest. Uh, so Harrell's kind of a guy I've got in mind. I think the price might keep dropping as he as he keeps seeing limited minutes, and then suddenly he's going to be unleashed <laughs> at a really cheap price. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Clippers bench is kind of in flux um, because Patrick Beverly just came back. Uh, he played a little bit more minutes than I than I was expecting. I think he's even you know, questionable heading into the game. So I had some interest in, in interest in Beverly as a really cheap guard. Um, yeah. So. I, I like Beverly as the, the cheap guard play, too. I think Lou Williams, uh, if he's going to play 31 minutes, he can chuck it. I think he's slightly interesting for those, like, little mid-tier builds. Uh, I think he makes some sense. And then the other guy I have some interest in is, is Marcus Morris uh, Sr. He's out there <laughs> playing a lot of minutes. He still has some usage. He's still grabbing boards. He's He's too cheap, in my opinion. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I, I like Marcus Morris as like as a bench piece. I think, or not, sorry, not as a bench piece as like an underowned uh, piece because I think everyone kind of overlooks him. Uh, but he, yeah, he's playing playing probably more and with more intensity than he would during the regular season. Yeah, he's on, he's on the on the good team, gunning for the championship. Well, that's gonna do it for uh, the show today, guys. Don't forget if you are premium members, crunch time is coming up next. If you've got to play this guy or that guy. Any means, uh, we'll run through that with you on Crunch Time for all you premium members uh, on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, the $87,500 man, John, thanks for joining me on the show again. Congrats on your uh, your live finals. Uh, what was it, eighth, eighth place yesterday? Yeah, it's tied for eighth, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah well, you'll take that. And, uh, again, thanks to everyone for watching and participating in the show. For John, I'm Britt, and we out you.